was hoping he was going to do that. All right, it's Chicken Space again after a long pause. Episode 20 here, finally episode 20. There's snow on the ground a little bit, and we're between the seasons of Thanksgiving and Christmas. You can hear the chickens out there. Nice to be back. Remember last time in episode 19, back in prehistory, when I did that last one, I, I had this image come to mind of these four horses, and I remember walking over there to the gazebo and and I can see in the distance that one we brought up to this land and kind of sitting in that chair and just sort of sharing about um, this idea of uh, these different ways that we can experience life. And the last of those horses, um, this image, this metaphor that was coming to me is this black horse where instead of us through our ego experiencing life, me having the experience of life, instead it kind of shifts around and life starts to have the experience of me. Infinity comes in and has the experience through the finite me. You know, yakking on, yabbering on as if I had something to say there. And then it's almost kind of like, watch out what you ask for. Watch out what you ask for. That wanting to allow infinity to have the experience of me rather than it was the white horse in the image, me having the experience of infinity, or me, the gray horse, having the experience of empty space, of nothing, of becoming a reaction to empty space, or that most common place that I, that we live, the brown horse, where, where everything is this interaction between one thing and another, this duality of this versus that, good versus bad, yes versus no, um, this perception I like better than that perception or this action more than that one or this needs to happen or this danger and that safety. All those kinds of things that occupy most of our life riding that metaphorical brown horse. But watch out what you ask for. Wanting infinity to have the experience of me. Me just sort of allowing infinity to have experience through me. Right? Because if you start down this path, you get that we're all infinity and we all come from infinity. But for a long time, we're having the experience inside of ourselves of that outside perception of infinity. And so I was asking, opening myself to that black horse, that experience of infinity, having experience through me. And it wasn't long after that that it, it started just becoming clear to me that my model for a farm in the box is not, is not working out in the way that I believed that the model would work. My belief in the model was that I could get to 3,000 chickens, I could be generating an income for our family, I could be generating an income to either support interns or another worker, and I could be generating income to help to start another farm like this one. A farm of 3,000 chickens fed completely by food that we've collected from restaurants, bakeries, grocery stores, breweries, any place where food is otherwise going to a landfill and being wasted. That if you could do that for 3,000 chickens, you'd be saving 90, maybe even 100 acres of land from needing to be planted by traditional farming. A big, huge chunk of land. 
that would otherwise have to be tended and supported to feed these chickens. Instead, it's all stuff that's being thrown out, producing eggs that people just line up to have because they're so delicious because the variety of food these guys are eating is so much more diverse than just what comes out of a bag of grain. It all made sense back when I had less than a couple hundred chickens. And now we have 500 chickens that are laying chickens. But part of the model was the light got low and I set up some solar lights, but they weren't good enough. They were kind of the inexpensive yard lights and, and the chickens stopped laying very many eggs. So actually yesterday I only packed $40 worth of eggs <laughs> for this whole operation. And invested $900 in solar and thanks to Fred got it all hooked up and it works great except when the clouds come in for too many days in a row and then I got to unhook the batteries and take them down and charge them up at the house and bring them back in time so that the lights go on at 2.30 in the morning and stay on until 7 in the morning so that these chickens get their 15-16 hours of light per day and someday if we keep doing this, you guys are gonna start laying eggs again. Well, some of you do. I mean, I'm getting over 100 eggs a day, but that's not very many out of 500 laying hens. And here I am after two and a half years with 500 laying hens. And then I got these 800 baby chicks, and they're now a little over, well, they're three and a half months old. You guys are almost four months old now out there pecking away, aren't you? And then they started getting kind of too big and it was time to bring them up. And so I took away the boxes that they were going underneath because they were kind of crushing themselves underneath there. And I was having a much better experience than the first time I had a thousand chickens, baby chicks, but they were still some losses. Then as I prepared to get away, the weather got cold and they just started crushing each other. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've lost hundreds of these baby chicks brought them up here so they're now all together but every morning there's some more that have crushed each other and and it's like oh, i'm not seeing my way forward to this model uh coming together it's like i couldn't go out and find an intern now and say you know do this this is a pretty good pretty good plan because it's like it's not showing itself to be a pretty good plan and it's not that it can't form up to be that i don't know if it will or if it won't but that's kind of the backdrop to, I invited this black horse to ride me. And I realized that I've, I've gotten tired of like just solving one problem after another, after another, after another. And I could keep doing that for the rest of my life. There's been a lot of problems to solve. In the beginning of this whole chicken operation, it just felt like doors were opening to us. We had places to sell the eggs, people who wanted to sell us the hens to get started, a place to do the work. I mean, everything was just opening, 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 opening. And every problem that showed up just seemed like a problem to, to open a door to and find a way forward. I look out there at the geese that we have that were given to us, these turkeys. You know, somebody wanted to participate in growing turkeys with us this year, all these open doors until it started to feel like the doors were no longer opening they were closing that the problems had started piling up faster than the solutions and i've been a pretty um 
pretty persistent problem solver all of my life as an engineer, as a pastor, as a writer, author, unicyclist, solving the problems that came up in the path, working through them, moving forward. But I did have an experience earlier in my life where, where I just let it be. Instead of trying to turn it into something, instead of trying to force it to be something, I just let it go. And it occurred to me, gosh, you know, maybe that's what's happening again here now. Maybe there's something else for me to experience that I didn't get last time or at a deeper level. But the last time it happened, I had just published my second book about healing using the ICE method called Memory Reconsolidation Applied with the subtitle Calm Your Past to Live Your Future. And uh, it was a good book. I mean, I've gotten awards for previous books. I don't send my books out for awards anymore, but it's like, yeah, people have said I'm a good writer. I have good content, good thoughts, those things. And like, this was a book that I was just super pleased with. And I had come to the point of having about a half a business with the healing work that I was doing with people, sessions, either in person or by Skype or by phone, and published the book. And it was just like a no-brainer. I didn't even consider that anything other than my little practice expanding could possibly be the case. Here I was doing good work, people enjoying it, getting benefit out of it. Now I had a book that was going out for people to share. And instead, oh, dog snoring in the back seat of the car as I'm sitting here at the farm enjoying this conversation with you. But so this full expectation that my business would just continue to develop and to a full-time business that would support me and our family and the things we were doing. And instead, a complete surprise. <laughs> Boone is snoring. We were just out for a long walk in the woods, a little bit of snow. Very nice. Now we're back. She's snoring away. So if she snores, you can know that we got a peaceful dog in the car. But instead of that business moving forward to a full-time business and that being my life, instead, my clients dropped off. The reviews that I was getting from people I was working with were similarly good, but it dropped off. And this time, instead of, you know, like putting on the armor, hey, Looney, you got to wake up. Hey, you're snoring. You got to move a little bit. <laughs> anyway, this time, instead of resisting that whole process, I, I let it, I let it be. Instead of fighting it, instead of trying, you know, figure out what else could I do in terms of advertising or promotion or this, that, or the other thing to make it succeed. It was just like, oh, just let it be. And it dropped off and it dropped off and it dropped off and it dropped off. And I just let myself pay attention in the midst of that. And what came up for me was all of this stuff to ice in my life, to reconsolidate, to discover that wasn't calm, and to use the process of memory reconsolidation to have it become calm. I mean, I've told this story before, but it's like, 
oh, is that what's happening to me now? Again, with this model of a farm in a box and the chickens out there that just aren't turning into a successful model, a successful thing to pass on. And so the things that came up during that time were like success and failure, money, would we be able to keep our house? Would we end up having to move because we couldn't make the house payment? Uh, prestige, like what would my family think of me if I do all this work on this process that I jumped into and it doesn't work out? And You know, what would Ann think of me? What would other people think of me? All of these things that have the emotions of anger, fear, and sadness attached to them. And I just took the time, I don't know if it was a year, year and a half, and I just let that be, reconsolidating, icing each piece that came up. And they didn't go quickly, didn't become aware all at once. It was instead this process of just paying attention to whatever arose as it arose, identifying it, the emotions, the physical feeling in the body, what the experience was going out to a calm space, a space between two points, and then exchanging that agitated state for the calm one. In my understanding, these peptide molecules that store as part of our memories and in our bodies can be replaced with sort of this calm way of being in body and mind, a permanent replacement of the upset with the calm. Like after a year, year and a half of that, it was like, you know, I'm pretty calm now. It's not like something else won't show up. It certainly has, other things have shown up, but it's like I'm pretty darn calm about most things that come my way into the experience of my life. In fact, it was a little bit of a surprise still to find myself having a body and a mind that were alive because there wasn't a lot of charge around what to do. I'd gone pretty dark, pretty quiet during that time. Um, not communicating with very many people, wasn't sending out any newsletters, any blogs. And here in this last month, I haven't sent anything out either. Is there a similarity of this experience? But interestingly, it was out of that experience. Oh, here I still am. It's like, what now? And just an openness without like a, a pressure of something having to happen. And then we bought those baby chicks that first set of 75 baby chicks. And just the enjoyment of, of having them and learning and having the challenges and the rewards of raising them up and paying attention to these things that needed my care. And then the door's just starting to open and open and open all the way to having this flock of over a thousand chickens out here and a vision of a farm in a box that could be passed on to others. And so now, inviting that black horse in to ride me, this model not working, I think about the things that I've learned, the things that I've experienced, that I've reconsolidated, if this is like a second round of letting go. If you remember back last February, I got those thousand baby chicks and one of those early episodes, and how the next morning, 72 of them or something like that had died, and I'd come up, and it was just this gray, foggy, cold day, and all those dead baby chicks, and just the feeling of shame that came over me, you know, that I 
not that I had done something bad, of course there was that, but, but that deeper piece, right? Shame is this, I am bad, which I didn't even know I had in me, but there it surfaced. It surfaced and I, I just, nobody else came up to the farm that day and I walked in the fog, this fog of the clouds that were right down on the ground with the dogs after I took, did the chores with those baby chicks and the adult hens collected the eggs just walked and reconsolidated and paid attention to where those feelings of shame came from, childhood memories. And the next day I came back and there was a bunch more dead chicks. But the feeling of shame was gone. And that feeling of shame has never arisen again. I was telling you how I was having problems now with this batch of chicks. I got 800 this time. Got them in August, it was nice and warm, everything was going good. Now as it gets cold, they're crushing each other down in the old farm before I brought them up here. And, and I was down there and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to put them up all on poles so that they, uh, roosting poles so that they couldn't crush each other and I'd get four or five up and then one would fly down. I'd get another four or five up and then the rest of them would fly down. And, and I just got so angry it was that old anger of, of childhood where I would just get in a rage. And uh, <laughs> afterwards I asked my mom about that anger and she said, oh, you sure used to get angry. I used to send you out to pick vegetables or pull weeds in the garden. You got so angry just to let off some steam. And she also said, it's a good thing your brother wasn't around. You were so mean to him when you got angry like that. And I do remember that. And apologize to him for that, but that anger, just that rage in the head. And how I don't feel that very often, but there it was around these chickens, and I just, and just like, just wanted to crush them and throw them. It was like, ah, oh, this anger that here we go again, done all this work to figure this out, and I'm not figuring this out, and whatever it all was. And then it was like, oh almost at the same time recognizing that feeling of childhood. And then the next few days, icing that. Identifying that, going back into the memories and going out to the calm space and bringing the calm back and exchanging the peptides, exchanging the awareness. And after a couple of days, that anger that I explored wasn't there anymore in my life and it hasn't come back. But the sadness came, and just this morning out on the hike, I was doing some more reconsolidating on that because the awareness of what it's all about isn't there. But I felt the sadness at all the deaths of these chickens. And now it's like I've been reconsolidating that. Not too much sadness, but every once in a while, like this wave of sadness just rolls over me. I guess I'm telling you these things because if you're listening to this, maybe you're a person who's interested in ice and using it in your life. It's like I'm completely interested, completely in with this. Whenever I find stuff and it's not in my life, it's not calm, this is what I turn to. And I've never found it to fail me or anybody who's used it and done all three steps of identify, calm, and exchange. Not like instant magic, but as a way of entering a process of the experience of life.
And so there was some sadness this morning to reconsolidate, and I'll check it, I'll test it. I'll see if more sadness arises. And I don't know now whether I'll be a chicken farmer and come next winter. Certainly through this winter, if everything continues, I can be a chicken farmer this winter and next summer if it works out. But you got to have chickens to be a chicken farmer. And at the rate these chickens are dying, I'm not going to have enough chickens to be a chicken farmer. And I don't know if there's any wisdom in getting more chickens next summer. Like to have 3,000 hens on a farm, you need to get a lot of chickens, and I haven't figured it out. And rather than trying to figure it out, rather than try to sit on the brown horse, figure out all the variables and the solutions, I invited that black horse to ride me, to let infinity have the experience of me. Certainly what's showing up is the pieces of me that are other than oriented towards infinity, right? The shame earlier on, but now since inviting that black horse in, that childhood anger and the sadness that's somewhat mysterious in my life, but which I imagine somehow connects into childhood as well and the experiences of my life. And last night or a couple nights ago, I picked up David Hawkins again. The discovery of the presence of God non-dual experience. I remember when I started reading that book a number of years ago, I could only read it like a line or a paragraph at a time. It was so dense. It was so mysterious. It was so out beyond my experience because my life until then really had been the brown horse of dualistic experience. And then the gray horse of becoming aware of the space that has nothing in it. And then developing the ice method out of that and starting to work with clouds. And then the white horse of my ego having the experience of infinity. And from that place, I started to read David Hawkins. He's trying, who has personally the experience of non-duality, and he's trying in words to convey it. And I would read a paragraph or a sentence, and it would just, stunned me and blow me away and I wouldn't get it and yet I would recognize that there was something there that was valuable. And I would spend a day or a week or two weeks on a paragraph. Like there is no cause and effect. What a life blower that was for me. Context and content are two different things. Content doesn't matter. Context does. One of the things I read, even just this morning, all experience is of equal value and innately pleasurable. So that life stops being an endless succession of pleasures and displeasures. And if you're sitting here working with all these chickens that continue to die on you, and you spend all day using up gas and going and getting food and coming and getting $40 worth of eggs. Then you read this line that says, all experience is of equal value. And so, yeah, bring that on. Bring that on to my experience of life. 
and all experience, it's of equal value. And not only that, all experience is innately pleasurable. That at its core, the essence of experience is pleasurable. Why? Because it's beyond duality. We can experience it in duality. But then, as he says, we have this endless successions of pleasures and displeasures which is just fine. There's no judgment in any of that. But there is also a way of experiencing life that has in it innate pleasure, absolute stillness of infinity from which all particularities can come. Looking at all these chickens out there pecking how the door opened to them a couple years ago, this next spring it'll be three years. And I'm back to that place where the doors were opening. Reading David Hawkins. All experiences of equal value and innately pleasurable so that life stops being an endless successions of pleasures and displeasures. And another one that I read this morning, like when I was out in the hike, I was like, ah, oh, I think I can memorize these. I think I can memorize these and say them to myself. Well, that was the one. The other one is ordinary ego is focused on getting. So this ordinary way of experiencing life is focused on getting things. Spiritual intention now shifts the focus to allowing, similar to floating in water rather than flailing about in it or swimming. So this ordinary way of living, this dualistic way of living, this way of living on the brown horse or even the gray horse of nothing or the white horse of observing infinity is focused on, on getting, acquiring, having, controlling, acting. Spiritual intention now shifts to allowing, similar to floating in water rather than flailing about or even swimming in it. Ah, oh, maybe the chickens even sound more peaceful when I read them that line. But this is a different feeling, right? This allowing. Yeah, allowing that perhaps this model can grow. I mean, I think it's a good model. A hundred acres of farmland that can be saved or used for something different like feeding hungry people. You can feed that to chickens and get eggs that are way better. And you can make a living for yourself and for another family. Or pass on the model. Oh my gosh. You can have this experience as one of allowing or as one of getting. No judgment on either one, but you know I was allowing, I thought those doors to open. But I think as those doors open, then the old habitual ways of that ordinary ego of getting, of self-judging, of the old reactivities coming in and like taking over and it's like, oh, success and failure. And these doors opened enough that I got to reconsolidate that feeling of shame of I am bad in the face of losing all those chickens in the first batch. 
and of losing all these chickens in the second batch of reconsolidating anger and now paying attention to reconsolidating icing, this feeling of sadness. And we'll see if there's more of that to go or if I got it this morning. Either way is fine. You just let the thing show up and if it shows up other than calm, well, it's something to pay attention to if you want to pay attention to it. Or you can just keep living in that way of the ordinary ego of getting it figured out, which is just fine too. Or living in that way of the endless successions of things that are pleasurable and things that are displeasurable, which is just fine too. But I asked to be ridden by that black horse. Watch out what you ask for. <laughs> so, I don't know how much sense this makes to you, or if it does or not. And if you're still listening with me, that's great. I don't have a lot of people to talk to about David Hawkins and non-duality. We live from within our our particular perspectives, and they're all dualistic. They're all perspectives that are this versus that until they're not, until they're out beyond that. And in the out beyond that, then there becomes this interaction with what still is that inside of us and what triggers it in our external world. The external world that triggers our internal world that, that gives us some attachment to things being a certain way, like this model working. Well, if this model works or doesn't work, what if I just allowed that and allowed whatever else? What if I just allowed doors to open and close? In the way of all experience, doors opening, doors closing, allowing. Doors opening being innately essentially pleasurable, as it certainly was. And then doors closing, being innately at the core pleasurable. Well, there's a, there's a stretch for me. To have a door slamming in my face, becoming innately something that I can appreciate as innately pleasurable instead of the endless successions of pleasures and displeasures. Yeah, it's good to talk about these things. I wanted to do this episode 20 so many times. Like I brought this little microphone along and wanted to get it off to the wonderful folks that put it together and get it out there, but experience kept happening and at such a rate that I was like, oh, I can't do it today. You know, this becoming aware of the model, like not coming together. And then the thing with the solar, and then the chickens stopping to lay eggs, and the season getting away from me, and then these baby chicks starting to die, and then bringing them up here, and then like having this awareness, and now it's like, oh, finally, just pull this thing out and start talking. And send it. Send it off. And maybe there's something in it that has a connection for you, or maybe it doesn't. I shared David Hawkins with some people. And most folks are just like, mm, 
it's uh, not exactly connecting with me. And like the last couple of days when I opened up David Hawkins, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm chatting again with my best friend, which I guess makes me odd and strange and weird, but it's nice to have that best friend in that book. All experiences of equal value <laughs> and is innately pleasurable so that life stops being this endless progression of displeasures and pleasures and pleasures and displeasures. Wow. And how he wanted to share that experience that he had after he had it. And I'm really glad that he did. That the black horse rode him in a way that he shared it in a way that when I opened that book, it's like, oh my gosh. There it is. There's that thing that I can so profoundly relate to. Just moves me so deeply. And how he can write about that transition that I have experienced, I am experiencing my life, that, that transition from this ordinary ego that so quickly gets captured by getting and having and duality and all of those kinds of things. And how spiritual intention, he has so many different ways for it too, even if you don't like that word, but non-duality or spiritual intention or awareness or consciousness shifts, the focus shifts to allowing, similar to floating in water, rather than flailing about or even swimming in it. Ah, and to that, Luna gives another snore. I hoped you could hear her snoring. One year old now. They love going for their walk. I can let them free out behind the big deer fence that's up behind our property and they can run all over the place and never see a soul. When they're tired, they come back. You gotta chain them up so they don't go running off to all the other farms, but up behind that fence, they can run wherever they want. Up there every day. Now you're tired, aren't you, Luna? One years old, snoring away. Let's see, what's the other news? Oh, Thanksgiving. We had heritage turkey for Thanksgiving. It was only, uh, what was it, 12 pounds, I think? They don't grow very fast. They take eight months to get to size. Whereas the ones I had last year, after four months, they're already ready. And I had some that kept growing over 50 pounds live weight, 40 pounds after we processed it. And... Uh, thing was, these heritage, this heritage turkey tasted better than any turkey I ever had before, so we'll probably be having those in the future, these heritage turkeys. It was uh, black Spanish, and the other one we have is uh, red bourbon. And there's one royal palm rooster, out, or tom turkey out there. He's got his tail feathers up right now. He's looking so pretty. His head's all purple and red. He's uh, white with these black bands on his feathers. And he's actually the only tom turkey left out there. All the other ones got processed for Thanksgiving, so. Quite a sight to behold. Glenn and Boris, the geese are still out there. They're looking forward to when we can turn on the water next season. And they can go get their baths every day. Boris is looking a little, a little tan rather than sparkly white like he likes to look. I guess that's 
That's the news here from Many Spokes Farm to share today, and hopefully I'll be back more quickly next time. If there's something in here that connected with you, I do invite you to uh, get in contact with me. You can either go to manyspokes.com, that's our farm website, or you can go over to icemethod.com, that's the healing website. You can get a hold of me at either place by email. Um, and uh, it'd be great to hear what you're thinking about your life in this beautiful holiday season. All right, blessings to you. That's it, episode 20. Uh, look forward to hopefully being with you again soon. Bye-bye. Will you hold me like a day?